Being a mom is the toughest job there is, and it doesn't come with instructions. So it's okay if you don't have all the answers. We'll figure it out together. This is Mom Brain with Ilaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. Hey guys, welcome back to Mom Brain. I'm Ilaria. And I'm Daphne. And today we are talking with Julie Morgan Stern, who is an organizational expert. Um, This is so exciting for me because you guys know I love my puzzles and I love to be organized, um, but I feel like I have so much to learn um, and I'm so excited to pick her brain. What I love about this conversation is Ilaria is very organized and precise in a lot of things that you do. And I feel like I'm on the other side of the spectrum and both of us are dealing with needing to accommodate not just for ourselves and for our own lives, but for our many little children and for our husbands and for anyone else relying on us. And I think what I really took away from this conversation were usable strategies that anyone can employ to get organization back in your life that will give you back time and cut cut out the mom guilt mm-hmm. and cut out the stress of feeling like you can never actually enjoy what you're doing because your the your your environment is not supporting you you feel stressed out by having a lack of organization you can't find things when you need it or you have an opportunity to do something and you can't get out of your own way to get to it because of the um lack of organization around you so she you'll like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give away her secrets I know yet. she has really good secrets really that spell things secrets. what are those things are the words acronyms, they spell? acronyms. <laughs> <laughs> the, it's really useful it's really useful and I do think that she because she comes from a place where she was not always organized she has a lot of sympathy and understanding for the things that do get in your way and the reasons people are not organized and how to overcome them and she's not over the top either you know those people that like I mean you you'll yeah, see she's that not like color coding toys yeah, no, what the hell no. is the point of color coding toys no nope, no nope, no nope. I even tried for a while like the within the baskets, I'm like, oh, this is where all the pretend phones go and the doctor That's what toys I do. I do and stuff all the like food that. Toys are over here. <laughs> I, I have I have sections of the playroom. I have sections of the playroom, and then there's just baskets, which you know obviously get reorganized every single time the kid plays. <laughs> all right, guys, enjoy. So I'm Julie Morgenstern, and I'm a professional organizer and a time management coach, and I've been doing it for 30 years. And I would say that my uh, primary client base is parents because the parenting years are the most time-stretched years of a human's life. And parents want to do right by their kids. They want to do right by their jobs. They want to do right by their spouses and their friends. And that's the biggest challenge. And I've been uh, helping parents and families for 30 years. And most recently, I've written a book, Organizing from the Inside Out, which is kind of the Bible of organizing based on the way you think and your natural habits, but most recently came out with a book called Time to Parent, which is the first ever job description to describe what is it you have to balance your time between during the full span of the parenting years. And it's much simpler and much, it's not infinite number of things. It's not a thousand things. It's eight, four for your kids and four for yourself so that you take care of your kids and you take care of yourself. That's the, that's the key. So I think with kids, the most you feel everything is so chaotic. And whenever you have major blowups or a tantrum or whatever, I always look at it afterwards and I'm like, how could I have set up everything better, organized everything better 
to get to a place where everything would just run more smoothly. I would have more energy to deal with the tantrum. I'd ha- I'd have, you know, the lunch better prepared. I'd have the bed made. I'd, I would be able to do all of these things. Um, I wouldn't have to be like dealing with cleaning up toys while this is going on. So I'm really, really excited that you're here because I feel like you need to teach us all about organization and everything. And I am that crazy organizer, but I don't always think that I do it well. We'll start from the beginning, I would yeah. say, because I, as, so Ilari is so organized and precise about things that you do. And I feel like I am on the opposite side of our, of our spectrum where I, I really, I crave it. It is one of the things that makes me most unhappy in my life that I am so disorganized because I was reading in your bio um, that you said you felt like you were missing critical joy-inducing moments in your life because you were disorganized. And that is exactly how I feel when I'm, you know, being aware of myself. So can you start from the beginning? Start from how you got yourself organized, because not everyone begins as an expert and there is hope for us. (laughs) Yes, yes. I was not always an organized person. I really wasn't. I grew up, I was was kind of notoriously disorganized. I was a right brain kind of creative theater person. I lived out of piles. I spent half of every day looking for things. I turned in every single college paper late, Mm -hmm. uh, starting it at midnight the night before it was (laughs) due. Um, And, you know, it was always racing. And the thing was, and I, I craved order like you just described. I craved it, but I was also scared of it because I thought order meant restriction. Mm -hmm. I thought it would take away the spontaneity in life, the creativity in life. Um, And so I would try but fail. I mean, I would try to get organized. I'd spend like three days trying to get organized. And it looked worse by the end of the three days (laughs) instead of better. It was kind of a disaster. But when I had my daughter, I realized very quickly that if I didn't get my act together, this child was never going to see the light of day. Like I literally, she was three weeks old and she she was born in May. So it was summertime and she got up from a nap and I was like, oh, this is the perfect chance to take her for her first walk. Let's go by the riverfront. We lived in Philly. So I sent my husband for the car and I went to get the baby. And then I was like, wait a minute, you can't just take a baby out. You need stuff, right? Like, what do I need? Where's the diaper bag? Oh my God. I started running around the house trying to find the diaper bag still in the shopping bag under the dining room table like that. Every time I thought of something, I had to find it. Every time I thought I was ready, I thought of something else. And two hours later, (laughs) my husband waiting in the car the whole time, as per usual, hashtag divorced (laughs) at three (laughs) when she was three. Um, I was ready. Finally, I had this big bulging bag. I'm like ready to go. And I went to get my daughter and she had fallen back asleep. And I, had missed the moment. And I thought, if I don't get my act together, this kid's not going to make it to kindergarten. I'll never fill out the forms on time. So I decided I had to get organized to serve my child. I was, and I, if I become a boring person who's so rigid because I have all these systems, at least I'll be a better mom. And that's how I started. Mm. I organized a diaper bag was the first thing I organized. And I did it right then and there. I like dumped everything on the floor and I grouped similar items, right? I put all the things to keep her warm with in one pile and things to change her with and things to entertain her with. And then I gave each thing its own section of the bag, right? We all know about divided bags. And then I made a little inventory of everything that belonged in the bag so I'd never have to think again what goes in here. And every time I'd come home from a walk or an outing, I just 
restock every section, could close my eyes and find things. And I felt so liberated. I was like, oh, my God. Like, never again will my child miss an opportunity because I'm not ready. And that was the turn for me. But that's what what you just said. If I become this rigid, like, you know, super strict, whatever the words that you just used, it actually gives you the opposite. It allows you to be liberated because yes. it allows you to say, oh, my gosh, we have so much extra time mm. to, you know, yes. let's dance around the kitchen. Let's go outside. We don't have to like how many times have I gone out and like forgotten diapers as we know when I one time diapered my child in a dog diapered because there was only a pet coat nearby when my t- child <laughs> thing, like you know what I mean things like that where you just like walk out of the house and you're like I didn't bring the diaper yeah. bag and my kid pooped and now what do I do and fortunately we live in New York where there are pet coats <laughs> <laughs> I'm very resourceful but you're right it's the it's the sort of being organized enough and I think for really creative people they th- I thrived on that chaos in many mm-hmm. ways. I was what I would call a conquistador of chaos. No matter how chaotic, I always got straight A's. I always won the game. Right. I always got the part. I was uh, I did fine. But once you ripple that out with a family, you may be fine. But everybody else has to run in wild circles around you as you're spinning. And But then you don't want to be so organized that you're not living life. It's about being organized enough. Right to really be able to be spontaneous, but not spend all your time reinventing the wheel on the everyday predictable stuff. That's the real secret, especially as a parent. Well, you're not going to get that creative about what goes in your diaper bag. So like setting yourself up for success in those points in your day when you're being able to be the spinning top that you want to be actually doesn't serve you all that well. It's not like you're going to be that creative in that moment, I think is really cool. I, I'm curious because I want to go back for those listening to the, you know, where can we start today? Go, take us back to that, you know, when your daughter is brand new and you, the first thing you do is start, is you organize your diaper bag and you make sure, I think it's a great idea too, when you come home, the minute you walk in the door is when you replenish any supplies that you're, you know, are now down on. Um, what are some other things that people can start with? Like people ask me all the time, you know, what's one thing I can do today to be healthier? And my answer is always, drink water, like drink half your body weight in ounces of water. If that is the only thing. So if you're 150 pounds, people who don't want to do math, that's 75 ounces of water. That's about eight cups. Like that is the one thing you can do. Everyone can do in this moment that will absolutely make you put you on the path towards health. What's like, give us one or two things that you also did in that moment that really significantly helped you. Sure. So one, definitely the diaper bag was one first thing. Um, I think the next thing that I did was my closet just my closet so I could get dressed and actually look put together because you know as a parent how you can't ever find the matching whatever. Matching. <laughs> matching, <laughs> unwrinkled, not on the bottom of the floor. So that get, that helped a lot. Um, and then I did the kitchen. So from three physical spaces, then I did the kitchen so I could put healthy meals on the table really quickly and clean up really quickly. And sometimes I, I actually say, like, start with the fridge or start with the pantry. It's a very contained space. And you can get something like that done in less than two hours, hour. And then, like, everything in there is what you use, what you love, and it's accessible. So just small spaces. Start with small spaces. The bathroom. Mm-hmm. Your makeup. Well, because you do find drawer. that you walk into a Like, I will walk into my pantry and see... You know, I buy I buy like grains in bulk. And so I just have like millet cascading everywhere yes. and barley and freaking lentils. And like my, it, nothing's in 
I'm I am the bo- mo- best intentioned organizer. I have empty plastic tubs, glass tubs. Now we're transitioning to glass tubs to store everything in. But I haven't actually. I my husband says I get ninety five percent of the way there. And the final 5% is where I switch tasks. I'll be 95% of the way organizing in my pantry. And then I will, you know, have to go cook dinner or go try to organize my bathroom or t- write 17 emails. And it's like you met that final 5%. And then every time I go in my pantry, I feel scattered and spread thin and disorganized. And that feeling spreads the rest of my exactly. day. Exactly. It yeah. stresses you out, these yeah. basic things. So a couple of things about organizing. Yes. I'm going to give you like my greatest hits of organizing. Oh, amazing. <laughs> First of all. Think of every single space that you're going to organize. Organize it based on the principle of a kindergarten classroom. Mm. Think about a kindergarten classroom. It's organized into activity zones. There's a reading corner. There's an arts and crafts area. There's a music zone. There's a building blocks area. And everything is stored at its point of use. So a five-year-old finds a tambourine in the middle of the floor. Within two weeks of school, that five-year-old knows exactly where it goes goes in the music zone. Even if there's an empty shelf in the arts and crafts area, they know tambourine goes there. So you think about zones. Mm. That's the kind of principle. And everything has a place. It's stored where you use it, and it's in a container that's perfect for what you're storing. So think about that with your pantry. What are the zones of your pantry? What are the, is it the grains and the, I don't know, broths and the, you know, canned things or, you know, think about the zones. The second thing is, so that's the principle. Second thing is you have to plan out your organizing. We make the mistake of organizing spontaneously when we can't take it anymore. It's like, "Ah, I can't take it. And you stop what you're doing and you're going to do it. You haven't anticipated how long it's going to take. It's a very reactive task. You always run out of time. So think about organizing in three stages. Analyze, strategize, attack. Not attack first. Attack, right? We attack first, ask questions later. (laughs) You want to ask questions first and attack later. We analyze, strategize, attack. Attack. Three stages. Okay, give us one. Yeah, give us one. No, I love this. It's so good. It's like it's sinking in. It's real. Is it? Yes. No, because because I think what what I do is I'll look like for like let's talk pantry. So I look and I see these are the the snacks and the this and the cooking and all the stuff that we need. And then I realize okay we don't have the right baskets. I have everything in baskets and different containers. I love like the OXO containers. Um, though, so we will do that and I'm like all right we don't have the right X Y Z for that. So I go and I get that first. So that's the analyze right. No, yes. no. She's well, like no. no, no, no. She's like no, Almost. no, no. No, you're sort of. I I think, but you're going shopping. Too early in the process. But Buying containers is the last. Okay, wait. So take us through the I mean, whole process. Listen, if it works for you and well, Larry, it works working. for you. I don't know <laughs> if it's working. But I think too often we go shopping for containers and then that's sort of what I call organizing from the outside mm-hmm. in. You're going, you buy a bunch of containers, you bring them in and now you don't know what size containers, you don't know how many containers. So is there a best way to organize or is it just the way that your brain works? No, like, I think there? it's the way your brain works. I yeah. think, I mean, I tell about organizing from the inside out it has to work the way you you know every system has to be designed based on the unique way you think Mm -hmm. and your natural habits the way one pantry is organized different how do you eat how do you cook do you want your kids to have access to the snacks so that they don't have to always Mm -hmm. ask for one Mm -hmm. or certain snacks and then others you want to put up so you have to really that's where all the analysis is what how how am I using it Mm -hmm. how How do you you live? live and how do you function not just how does it look it's right. not just picture perfect, but 
function before form. Yes, because I think everyone has that picture of Khloe Kardashian's glass jar with her stacked Oreos and this like bizarre shingling that is just gorgeous, but also like who has three hours every Sunday to do this? No, who does? (laughs) And I mean, it it doesn't, those are like photographs. That's Mm -hmm. like Pinterest picture worthy kind of stuff. Even magazines. I've been in this business for so long. Mm -hmm. Even the most organized people. Stuff, you know, it grows, it swells, and then you kind of just have to trim it back. Life gets busy. You can have, if you have a good system, things can get so chaotic, so everything out, kids running around, we made a big mess, but like at the ring of a bell, like in kindergarten, you should be able to ring the bell, and within like five minutes, everything's back in its home. So having a system is the key. Mm, Okay. You have to have that underlying system that every single thing has a place where it's used, ultimately in a perfect container or a great container. Now, so uh, my question is this. Yeah. So even for me, who's super organized and yeah. like I'll go in and I'll do that thing, maybe I do think that sometimes I attack before looking at other <laughs> things. That I definitely go to the attack thing sometimes. But so my my question is, when, especially living in New York, when it's not winter anymore and it's spring and we have the change of the clothing and or, you know, I the it's it's time to get this particular bar you know i'll get like the chia bars my kids love those health warrior chia bars um but i didn't get the macro bars because those we still had and so it's like this constant filling in things and and that's where i feel like you can go from a really great organized system to all of a sudden it's not organized anymore so is it just that you have to do it every once in a while and like i'm gonna take a day and i'm gonna organize my house or like what do we do when we yeah i mean you have to think about as a parent you are dealing with children who are evolving and changing constantly what they eat what they wear what they play with exactly so that's the hardest part about organizing as a parent when you're a single person it can be difficult Mm -hmm. Once you are dealing with like a multi-user system, which means there's a whole family using the same system, and you have kids where everything's kind of in rotation, right? It's what fits them now, what you bought that doesn't fit them yet, what doesn't fit them anymore, and then what... what, So you need to Mm -hmm. design systems for the flow. Right. And that's where you use the top shelf of the closet or the bottom of the closet. So things are rotating and then you have to do it very regularly. So you can do it like once or twice a year. I really think at the end of school and like right before the holidays, those are two built in transition points in the year. You want to do it like at the end of school, you have a little bit of breathing space in the summer. You can sort of like weed through all the stuff they did in school and they're, you know, what what are we keeping? What are we getting rid of? Um, You have a little more time. And then right before the holidays when you're going to get an influx of gifts and stuff and you might have people over. So those are like two perfect built-in maintenance Mm. moments. And you just, you know, work with your kid every year and redo their room with them. And I'm very sure that fun. then they're like, oh, God, it's that dad year again. This is going to be like, remember when no. mom used to make me do they, this? If you take the right attitude, <laughs> then I think, again, I, you know, when I was raising my daughter, I, you know, I was an organizer. And so that was a more charged because right. like, like right, like, does. and her room was, oh, my God, crazy, <laughs> crazy. And I used to just always walk by her room and I was just like, and I got, I, we had common systems everywhere else. Kitchen was a certain way, everything. But her room, I let her do it. 
And I really thought it was like chaos in there, but I actually never called her disorganized. This is another thing. Never label your kids disorganized, ever. Everybody is organized somewhere. Yeah. And I went in, and there were three areas that where her room was super organized. Her stuffed animals, she lined them up by size and personality along her bed Aww. every morning. She's, uh, she was a dancer, so all her dance gear was super organized. And she's also very social. And she had her school friends and her camp friends, like two circles of friends. And she had their, everybody had a, there was a blue circle of post-its and a yellow circle of post-its. And the blue were her school friends. And, uh, and so, and it was like she was organized where it really mattered. And then, and I always would say, okay, you're organized in the places that it matters. When schoolwork becomes really important and being organized, you're going to do that. So you have to really watch it because you can't label. Nobody's really disorganized. No. We're all organized somewhere. Well, there's yes, but you make a, you make a really good point, which is that your system works fine when it's just you, and then you introduce new people yeah. into it who need to be able to internalize and sort of make sense of what you're doing, and you can't just be chaotic and scattered anymore. So we are going to try something. I think new for mom brain, which is to try to be organized in this conversation. Okay, <laughs> good. I, so we're going to also get ourselves notepads because we're also going to, at the end we of this are. conversation, get to habits of organized people, sure. one of which I do think is writing with your hand, not on your phone, which I do, or on your computer, but with your hand to-do list every day. John, John is my Hilaria at home. He is like the person that makes my, like makes sense of everything in his own life. He like every morning he writes his hands writes his to-do list and he's crossing it off as it goes. And yeah. granted, like he's taking care of himself and I'm taking care of me and four people and I mean everything else. But um but I will say that that one of the things that I think is most significant is that taking of lists with your hand. But I will we'll get to that in a second because I do want I I think because you need like so I am being right organized. <laughs> I'm bring, I was like I was like hanging to the point. Hanging to the point. Here we go. <gasps> I want to go. I want to go. Like if we can pick the five most, you know, everyone has the pantry, which I think we've gone through. The, the point is go in there, strata, analyze your situation. Like what do you? Where are your theoretical zones? Um, strategize, which means what? Safe well, that's where need. the zones are. So you analyze okay. it, kind of say what works about the space okay. and what doesn't. Just okay. get precise so you're not reinventing the wheel on anything that does work. You can do it as a family. You can do it as a couple okay. if you have a shared space. What works about it, what doesn't. It may be different for you than me, and that way we can okay. kind of... Um, uh, and what is most essential? That's a real key, which is what is the stuff we're always looking for mm -hmm. and we can never find? Because honestly, we probably only use about 20% of what we own in any category right. of life, 20%. So you kind of define that first, then you strategize. That's when you plan, what are our zones? Three to five zones of the space, three to five, never more. Then you attack. Then you're like, okay, we have to sort, you pull everything out, just think back to the diaper bag. You sort, I have another little acronym, space formula. The space formula, you ready? This is how you dig through any piles. Use S is sort. You group similar items. Just put like with like. Then P is purge. Once things are grouped in categories, that's when you can decide what to keep and what to get rid of. Not one by one. Because you don't know one by right. one. But when you see 17 bags of mm -hmm. lentils, mm -hmm. you're like, I don't mm -hmm. think we, maybe we donate some <laughs> to the food drive. Right? <laughs> Mill it forever. So uh, sort, then purge. Now, then you get down each category down to just the essentials. Okay. 
A is for assign a home. Which shelf, which side of the closet, which drawer does this category live in? Mm-hmm. As you're putting things away into their homes, you're like, oh, we could use some containers to keep these categories separated inside the drawer or on the shelf. And that's when you make your list. You're like, whoa, we have four categories of hats, gloves, mittens, whatever. They're going to go on this size shelf. We need four bins that fit here. You write that down. And that's when you go shopping. And then, so it's a little pause. Is there an E? And then the E at the end is... Enjoy! I like that. (laughs) All right, I'm going to replace what I had. No, uh, equalize. Equalize, and that gets to what you were talking about, Alaria, which is... No system is going to sustain itself automatically. So you need a daily rule or daily habit of when do things get put back? Is it before you leave the room? Uh, Is it as you use them? Is it at the end of the day? We can leave it chaotic. But right after dinner, we all put it away. That's that's equalizing. That's really important is being able to not whether we have children or it's just ourselves, like torment ourselves about the system because Like for me, as organized as I am, I don't want my kids to develop un like stressed out habits about, oh my God, we made a mess with the toys and we have to clean away. It's like, you know, it's okay. It's okay to make Mm -hmm. a mess. And then we have these really cool bins that we just throw them back in and then we can just tuck them away. We make it a really, really easy system. And so we can have fun. We can do great. We can drop food on the floor. None of this really matters in the end as long as we clean it up. But I think creating those healthy relationship is really important. And I also want to get back to what you were talking about with this, but what you're talking about with your daughter of when, you know, obviously Daphne and I have very small kids and our kids, we will say, yeah, can you please help me clean up? Or will you throw this away from me? And you're starting to teach them little tasks. We try to make your bed, like you know, stuff like that. Um, but we're doing a lot of it for them. How do you transition from being a super organized parent to teaching our children to start doing it for themselves. And when they don't do it, how do you not create what you were saying where it's like you're disorganized and the fighting and the and the drama around it, which is only going to make them want to rebel more? Yeah, that's a great, great question. question. It's a great question. Yes. Um, so first of all, I think it starts with really believe, first you have to have the system finished, right? Like you, you need that baseline system. Once you have that, it's a lot of this is about our own attitude about order. And if we feel really good about it, like this is what makes life easy and fun and a way of taking care of each other by always putting it back so the next person who's looking for it can find it when they like it's a literally putting things away is a way of taking care of each other in a household. So I'm not leaving you a to do, right? Because I left something out. So it's the value system and building in the time And use your cell phone timer. Like if you want the kids to clean up 10 minutes before dinner, Mm -hmm. then set your cell phone alarm for 10 minutes before dinner and say, okay, it's time to clean up. Mm -hmm. It's time, not will you, not would you please. It's just time. Think school. Mm -hmm. It's cleanup time. Right. And then you just do it and have fun with it. Like you can really have fun with it. It doesn't have to be... We get to have fun and quality time after we do all this. Do it during it. It's like really fun to put things away. It can be really fun as long as we're doing it together. 
and not like send somebody off to do something. And also making a system that is easy to follow. Like yeah. I, I found bins for toys. I'm not, this is obviously, you know, mm-hmm. nine out of 10 moms at home are going to be like, obviously, Ilaria, we do that too. Like I'm not saying anything that's like genius right now, but like before I was doing bins and I would be like, oh, this cute little basket here in this drawer for this. And it's like, nope, here's my shelving with the bins. Then it's not a tedious activity. It's like, all right, the kids can throw, they can handle a task, but creating a system that is sustainable for little kids with their things is really important. And you you start very young teaching that everything has a home. Mm -hmm. And the reason it has a home is so when you want it, you can find it. it Right? When you have a friend over and you want to play that game or play with that thing, you can get your hands on it. So narrate the why and so that they really understand and can cherish what order does for them as well without it being so it can't be so tedious like you know all the dolls have to be facing in the front with you know like right. the paper clip yeah. and the paper yeah. clip. You never want to play That's with it That's not anymore. what you want. No. Trust then me they don't want to play. So it's yeah. like, yeah, it's got to be a simple system. And the other thing is, I think, you know, we talked about organizing for multi-user households. Mm-hmm. I think that whether if you were a very organized person, sometimes you then want everything your way and you can create very specific systems, but nobody else understands right. them, Right. Or if you were never organized before having kids, that's when you feel really like I am. Every time I look at this mess, I'm looking at my own failure in the, in my face. Like I'm not teaching this. You can learn organizing with your kids and with your family. But the key is you must, because it's a multi-user system, make it unbelievably basic and simple. Nothing complex. Every system in your house should be easy enough for a five-year-old to follow. Mm. And then up until five, you do it with them. You do it for them when they're like one to one and a half. Once they can walk around a little bit, you do it with them. And then by the, as they, you know, then they can do it. Right. And so, you know, you you sort of do for and do with, and then you let them do it. What do you do when your kid is, you know, 14 years old and just doesn't want to? Yeah. I mean, it. At a certain point, that whole sort of tween to teen, it's all about navigating how much you insist and how much you give agency to your kids. That is like the hardest part of parenting, those years, knowing. Um, I do think that there's two pieces that I have found very helpful. One, just always ask, does it work for them? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes what looks really chaotic to you, they know where everything is. Because some people just organize visually. They're very messy, but it's in the th- it's three the layers down thing. in that thing on the thing. <laughs> right. It's over there. It's and if they can <laughs> and if they I, I think you have to define organizing as you can find what you need when you need it. Right. And you feel comfortable in your space. So let the, and it's a transition and we time get in life. So focused on if I walk in and I see piles of no. things everywhere, no. then it's like because no, it's okay it's as okay. long as, as they're long as comfortable and it works for them. Just think about the transition of those years. They're going from kid stuff to like more young adult stuff, and they're not quite ready to let go of the little kid stuff, and they haven't fully adopted like whether it's the clothes or the makeup or a hobby or whatever they're into now. So it's just naturally a more chaotic time in life because they're, all that mess reflects the sort of transition from childhood into like right. young adulthood. It's okay. But if it doesn't work for them, then work with them. 
but design a system based on the way they think, not you. So let's move to bedrooms. What is, A, what's your feeling on work in the bedroom, like workspaces in the bedroom, et cetera, and B, what's the best way to organize in a bedroom? So I, my opinion on work in the bedroom is if you can avoid it, you should avoid it. I think that if you have a little desk or you have, whether it's work, like you work from home and you have your office in the corner or it's where you do your like paperwork or bills or whatever, or even just all the errands piled up and waiting to be done, it's very hard to relax because there is a pile yes. screaming at you from the corner of your eye. In my bedroom right Yeah. <laughs> I think the first, if you can get it out of your bedroom, you should. I think the bedroom, you think about what are the activities in a bedroom. It's sleeping. Mm. Maybe reading. What about sex? Dressing and sex. Exactly. <laughs> reading. Hopefully. Just kidding. I love books. Um, so define the zo- the activities in that room and paperwork and office should not be one of them. It's so hard to ever yeah. turn your mind off. Yeah. So let's do this then because, uh, you know, we want to make sure that we... Um, we are, again, organized about the takeaways here because there's so much. We could just pick and pick and pick at your brain because there's there's a million different specific examples I'd love to hear about. But I'll do that another time. What are what are th- three things we could buy or three habits we could change that are that like would materially benefit us in organizing our lives? OK, so I'm going to go back to this goal, mm-hmm. which is what every parent wants is time to be present with their kids and with their spouse and for themselves. That's the payoff for getting organized. What are three things that you can do to get there? Um, One of them I would, we already talked about, like just a couple hot spots in your house Mm -hmm. that are your everyday spaces that are common. Get Get a family system going and organize it together. It takes maximum a weekend for a big space to do it. Get it one and done and design it together. Pick one space to start. Second thing is synchronize your screen time in the household. Synchronize it, Mm. which means everybody is on their devices at the same time and everybody is off their devices at the same time. The idea of the docking station, if you put it in the front hall, like in a Japanese home, people take off their shoes and it's like sacred space we're entering. When people enter your house, have a docking station Mm, for all the devices. You could put a little like be here now or love the one you're with sign above it. And that's where they go. And then you just synchronize. When are the tech free zones in your evening or your your weekend or your day? And when are we all on at the same time? It will do more to open up space for connection than anything else you can do. Because what happens without synchronization, you want to connect with your spouse or your kids and they're on the phone. So what do you do? Well, they don't want to talk to me right now. I'm going to get on my phone. You start doing something. They finish up what they're doing. They want to talk to you. You're on your phone. They pick their device back up and the whole day or weekend flies by and no one is paying attention at the same time. Just synchronize and have that docking station. One of the best things everybody can I've do. I've heard some people do that, That when especially once their kids start to get phones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, great, you're back from school. You yeah. put your phones here and then that's it. The hard thing is, and this is, I'm just going to like go there. Yeah. The hard thing is that our kids are so cute and I want to take photos of them all the time. And that's like my, my maybe we should leave like a separate phone that's just for photos, but I don't think we know that's too complicated. Yeah, or just get a phone, get, get a camera. <laughs> get a camera. And even, even taking photos takes us out of the moment. No, I know, but it's just it's, like, they're just so delicious. I know. And I, I don't I, don't think I, I know you can do that, but just be careful that all you're doing is taking the photos and you're not. And sometimes people do. They just switch to an actual camera because kids 
parents, we all get so addicted to our screens, we don't even realize it. And kids notice it. And studies have shown even babies know when their mom or dad is on a device. They pick it up because they're not... They're not. They're not being. Uh, attention is not mm-hmm. being paid. We all feel it. If mm-hmm. you're talking to somebody, and they disengage because they check their phone, what do you feel? Yeah. Rejected. You feel rejected. Mm-hmm. You feel like, oh, somebody else is more important than me. So, you know, when your kid enters the room, if you're on your device, turn it over and get on eyeball to eyeball with them. Just close the laptop and turn to them. Just those things. They are unbelievably powerful. I did. Time to Parents, my sixth book, wrote a. Um, See, when you're organized, you can write six books. Yeah, I know, it's taken right? me a, three years to write this damn book. But I did a lot of, re- I did scientific research for this book, not just oh, okay. all the field work. And my question was, how much time and attention do kids need to feel loved and secure? Because I think that's what we all want to know as parents, right? Is there an actual Is time? Is the, ah, I found the answer. She's about to tell Believe us. me, it took a long time to find it. Yeah. It's hard to find. So here's the answer. Children thrive on short bursts of five to 15 minutes, 20 minutes tops at a time, delivered consistently, not big blocks of time delivered occasionally. Short bursts, five to 15 minutes, sometimes less. Why is that? It's because kids have short attention spans. And many, many experts that I read and talked to said, calculate about a minute for each age of life. Think about that. One-year-old has about a one-minute attention span before their eyes drift to the next shiny object. Wow. A five-year-old, you, you have young kids, a one-on-one with them, that's like five minutes, and then they're dashing off to the next activity. And the 14-year-old, 14 minutes, if you're lucky, <laughs> they will talk to you. So, and the, and the consistency means you just build it into the fabric of the day. It's not about finding more time with your kids. Change the nature of the time you're already spending with them. So if you think about each transition point in a kid's day, and there are five, five key transitions. When they first wake up, when you separate in the morning, like you go off to work or they go off to school, whatever, you separate, you reunite at the end of the day at some point, you have dinner and bedtime, five points. If you dedicate the first two, five, ten minutes of each of those reconnection points to your kid, How'd you sleep? What'd you dream about? What are you thinking about doing today? When you get home, how are you? Um, If you dedicate the first five or 10 minutes of each transition points, that's what gives kids that absolute confidence that they are loved and cared about. And then you can get to, now where's your backpack? Let's get, you know, brush your teeth, all the chores or get dinner on the table. It's just, every parent can do that. Every working parent can do that. Do you know what I love about that too? Very easy. Because I think even with kids as young as ours, and certainly as they get older, a lot of the interaction, the devoted FaceTime becomes, did you get your homework done? Did you do this thing that I asked you to do? And that happens in our marriages too, our partnerships with anyone where it, it transitions to a constant nagging and a constant like acrimonious interaction as opposed to setting a time for that kind of like you you have to ask your kids if they did their homework or you will sit there you know if you've sat there with them and done it with them you will know but a lot you you have to find a specific time to address those call it you know we had a guy we had adam grant on very Mm -hmm. early on in the podcast and he shared this this strategy he and his wife have where they run their marriage like a business once a week they have a quote-unquote board meeting yeah and in that board meeting they 
go through all the annoying headache stuff. Did you get toilet paper? Did you pay this bill? Did you, you know, respond to so-and-so's school teacher? And that freed up the rest of their interactions during the week to be really pleasurable, happy ones that they got to have real conversations in. And I, it never dawned on me to do the same with children in that get get the get the managerial stuff not once a week because they need constant oversight, but once a day or a couple times a day have devoted times for that so that the other times and I love how manageable the you know one minute for every year of life we can all get to that and have that really f- devoted FaceTime and um and and have it be something specific. I also think we had someone recently who was talking about the necessity of specific questions, not open-ended, what'd you do today or how was school? Because they don't know how to answer that. And so they say, oh, it was fine or nothing yeah. or whatever. Right. Um, the specific questions I think are great. I know we have to we have to let you go, which is very sad for us. But I do, we like to ask our guests to share one favorite thing. You've already given us so much. I love the space acronym. I'm going to remember that always. Um, but I, but give us one favorite thing, something that you've um, you know, bought recently that you love or something you're telling all your friends about, just the thing that lights you up right now. So I would say that the thing that I love most right now the, is a is an app called Sleep Cycle. Do you Ooh, know about Sleep Cycle? I've heard of it. It's amazing. Know. It will transform your relationship to sleep, especially a sleep deprived parent who doesn't get enough. <laughs> so it's a free app. It's on your phone and you it will wake you up. You set the alarm and it wakes you up within a 30-minute window at the perfect moment of your REM cycle. Ooh. So you are refreshed when you wake up. And you're not woken up in the middle of deep sleep, but when you're in shallow sleep. So whether you got seven hours of sleep a night that night or five or nine, it wakes you up at the right point in your sleep cycle. It will transform your relationship to sleep. Wait, where can we follow you and learn more about you? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram, Julie Morgan Stern. I'm on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn as well. You just look up my name or just come to my website, juliemorgenstern.com. You can read all about the books and services and all of the social handles. And uh, please do follow. Please do speak to me and message me and ask me your questions. Um, I love to help people tame the chaos in their lives so that they are free to make their unique contribution because we all have a unique contribution to make. Love it. Thank you so much. This is a fact. Okay, so that was Julie. She, I, I feel like we've only scratched the surface. I want her to come to my house and like tell me all the good things. I was taking notes as she was walking out the door. I was like, but just one more thing. <laughs> um, and, and one thing I do want to say that I thought was very powerful um, and, and is what she covers in her new book, Time to Parent, is this idea that the whole reason, the motivation to get organized is so that you have time to properly raise humans and time to properly be human. And she broke this apart for us literally as she was running out the door. She said the, the part of raising humans, is she has this acronym PART, P-A-R-T. So the P is provide for your kids. So that's the money and the food and all the things that they need. A is arrange the logistics of your kids' lives, getting them to school, blah, blah, blah. R is relate to your kids, which means getting to know them each individually, giving yourself and them the time to understand them as humans, which I think is that is a it is a luxury if you're able to organize your life so that you have those five minutes to do the FaceTime properly. And then T is teach your kids. And that's honestly, that's probably the biggest goal is, you know, it, only if your head is screwed on straight and you're not scrambling, constantly trying to 
undo the chaos of disorganization? Can you actually, you know, really be present and teach your kids the things that are important? And then the part of being human on that side of the balance is her acronym is self. So S is sleep and rest. E is exercise and fitness. L is love, which means your adult loving relationships, the things that you love. The But she actually has F for fun, which is are your hobbies and your passions, which are not selfish things. And I, I anyway, I just thought it was really cool that she like motivated that 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 you getting organized was not just about like oh my you know my Instagram worthy closet. It was actually about here's why you should care. This is, this is practical, and this is how I'm going to lead a fuller life. And also the idea, and I think this is so important not just for our kids but for our spouse of like. How do you see things versus how do I see things? Mm -hmm. And the idea that, you know, you go into your kid's room and they have, you know, bundles of clothes everywhere and you're like, this is a mess. You need to clean it up. And (laughs) And they're like, I know exactly where that purple sweater is. It's in the third part of the bundle. But you know what I think is interesting? Um, And you'd said, you know, my parents never let me go from one room to the next without carrying something in. I don't know if it it was like an immigrant mentality or just a responsible mentality or whatever. But my my father always talks about this, too, that his parents would... But always, if you left a room, you turned off the lights. If you, if there was garbage, you like took the garbage out there. And, and it's not. It's called, it's called it's, multitasking. Uh, uh, and then do you really want to do so much work later on? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, it's one of the things that when, when I'm pregnant, I try to exercise and move my body and everything because I don't have the energy to do it even more afterwards. Does that ah, make sense? Interesting. I want to stay the strong during, and I'm going to do a little bit every day rather than a lot later. I mean, right. that was that's also the mentality. It's 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 the procrastinator mentality versus I'm going to do a little bit all the way because I don't have the energy to procrastinate. Having the awareness just to see that a little bit every day is better or works better than a lot all at once. Right. And that's what that's what, another thing she was saying at the end was this idea that you know. If you think putting an, an hour or two hours or three hours or four hours in all at once is the same as having 15-minute blocks throughout the week, it's not. And that was really interesting. But what I was saying about the um, – about, you know, my dad's parents would always say, you turn off the lights when you leave the room or, or you – like like the idea of leaving a towel on a bathroom floor, my dad goes psycho for this. And it was something that he always kind of really drilled in on us about was – respecting your property and your possessions and the people who are providing those things for you enough to have um, the responsibility and the organization to clean up after yourself and to have order in your stuff so that you're not wasting things, you're not throwing things out or buying them duplicatively unnecessarily. Like just all of it flows from a very simple order to the house that then everyone can get on board with. It's a common language. Everyone speaks. You heard it here first. My life is going to be organized in 2020. And I can't so wait. Excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> no, you do feel good. Everybody knows that when workout. I get excited to like, when I like reorganize my bathroom and even if though it's already organized, like if I just like shift things yes. around sometimes yes. I'm like throw go in the there garbage. and it feels like yes throw away the garbage yes. <laughs> you just go in there and you're like wow this is so nice in here okay so let's do favorite things next time for favorite things oh yeah we think about these and we try to coordinate them to the episode so which we do sometimes, and we sometimes don't. we do. Are and you are you starting your organized wise? Yeah. So one one of the things that for me, I obviously, a lot of things relate to food, and one of the ways that I try to get organized in the way that I eat is by bulk preparing healthy items on days when I have the time. So a lot of the times that ends up being the weekend. It might be a Sunday in a, in the morning. Um, 
Oh, and what I will end up doing is like I'll bulk prepare quinoa or lentils or um, or beans or whatever it might be that I want to then use and sprinkle throughout my meals for the rest of the week. I'll do the like sort of long cook once and then use them for the week. And the thing that I've started doing recently is actually a big batch of oatmeal that I, um, so I use regular rolled oats. I'm actually using gluten-free rolled oats. Um, and then I will add in whole golden flax seeds and chia seeds and I cook them all together. Um, I, it just like boosts the fiber, boosts the protein and I find gives it a little texture. But what I've started adding recently, which is my favorite thing for this week, are sliced tiger nuts. Okay. <laughs> Sounds really awesome. Tiger nut is a root vegetable. It's not actually a nut. It has um, more iron than red meat and tiger nuts fueled 80% of our pre-human ancestors diets mm. about 2 million years ago. Like? They taste like, co- it tastes like coconut. I mean, like not it's even, a root vegetable, yeah, it's a root it vegetable but it's sliced. It looks like rolled oats. So you toss this in with the oatmeal and it gives, okay, I'm going to describe it. And you're, when you eat it, you're gonna be like, that is exactly what this is, but it sounds weird. It, it, um, has the same texture as potato, as like a raw potato, that kind of apple texture, but mm-hmm. with no flavor. And it's crunchy. And it, you add it to your oatmeal and it adds this like really kind of wonderful textural play, boosts the protein, is a root vegetable with all this iron and tons of minerals involved in it. So like it just, again, I'm I'm all about with it's like super high fiber, super high protein, super mineral dense oatmeal that I literally make once in the beginning of the week and then I reheat it throughout the week this and I'm gonna out the door. This is going to be the new coconut oil. It's going to solve almost all of your problems. I'm you, you heard about tiger nuts here first. <laughs> <laughs> all right, mine's not as exciting. But so I live in a New York apartment where not everything is built out. So I did this in my pantry and then in some other odd spaces around my house where I got these on on Amazon, I got these Nexel wire shelving units, and some of them come with um, wheels on the bottom, so you can like put things behind it. And mm. it's a really efficient way when you don't have a ton, ton of space to be able to fit more things. Um, so I, you know, I have one in an area where I have this like decorative screen in front of it. I have some in a pantry. I have some in like a little nook that we don't really go by that much, so it doesn't bother me that what it looks like. But anyway, so I really like that. Then I'll get baskets in some of them. Like I store some of my kids' winter clothes in it and extra um, space for shampoos in bulk and stuff like that that I get because I get everything in bulk because we have a lot of children. Um, So anyway, that is one thing that has really, really, really changed things because one of the issues with organization is finding a place to put it. Correct. And you have a lot of stuff. And we need a place to put it. And yes, there is a purge issue that you need to do. But also at the same time, you know that it is more economic to buy things in bulk. It's also more efficient because if you buy one bottle of shampoo, then, you know, you have to go more often to buy more shampoos. If you buy it in bulk, not only is it cheaper, but it it obviously lasts But if you buy it in bulk and don't remember where you put it, then you end up buying it again and you waste your money that way. Exactly. So you need to be very organized about it. Um, The other thing that I'm going to say, I'm not going to, that'll be the one that you guys swipe up to, but the other thing that I started doing in my closet, so I also have um, a, I don't have a ton of closet space in, in, um, in our city apartment. So what I do is I have a decorative rolling rack and I'll put on like put on there's like some of my favorites that I'm wearing this season and then I'll kind of just have it there and I have like a little enclosed closet space and I just keep it there and it's kind of nice because I can see what I'm wanting to wear more often and then when I feel like I don't want to wear it as much I'll put it inside of my closet and I'll take out some other things and I'll and I'll wear mm. that but it's kind of nice to just go and be able to see it rather than have everything bunched together in my closet I open up and I'm like 
oh my god, what am I going to wear? Or where is that? And you kind of forget what you have and stuff like that. So and anyway, good to cycle through. I, li- I love something. The the short is I like something on wheels that I can organize and move around because I've got to keep it fresh and got to keep it right in front of your face. Good stuff. Keep it there. All right, you guys, you know what to do. Rate, review, subscribe. Tune in next Wednesday. Send us your emails, mombrainpod at gmail.com. And tell your buddies. We're so happy to hear Spread from you guys. Spread the word. Spread the word. All right, All right. guys. Until next time. Bye-bye. This is Mom Brain with Alaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. Mom Brain is a Gallery Media Group production.